Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Well, I don't care that your mom flew in to spend all the day with you, Gavin. I'm the host. If I work, you work. Oh, I don't want to know she made you spotted dick. I don't want to know about your kinks, Gavin. Gross. Ass. The following podcast contains... You used to be a kind, loving man, and now you're a foul-mouthed monster. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you decided reality wasn't real, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Sunday, December 29, 2019, the Decade of the Dumb edition of the show, where we talk about the last decade boiled down to its essence. Stay tuned. We... What the Hell We Thinking Podcast is brought to you by Bullshit, the product of the future. Are you looking to invest in the future? Why not turn to the past? Why not turn to Bullshit? For centuries, Bullshit has been the premier product of our nation. From slave owners wanting to be free, through Manifest Destiny, to Jim Crow, the Gilded Age, to the Cold War, Vietnam, and Afghanistan, Bullshit has powered America. Bullshit is the premier force in business, politics, religion, and social relationships. Without Bullshit, Hollywood would just be an orange grove. Bullshit helps you sleep at night and gets you through your busy day. Without bullshit, we would all realize how empty and meaningless our lives actually are. So when you're looking to put your money, time, energy, and hope into something, put it into bullshit. Because really, it's all we have. Prodigy. You gotta get this thing. I don't know how I did without it. And I'm doing this, I'm doing this stocks. I'm I never played stocks in my life. You wanna know about your bank? Boom, boom, bingo. Bingo. I'm making money. You're making money. With this finger, John. This finger. Yes, it saves me a lot of time. I mean, you can even get the scores before the paper does. While the game's in progress. What's that? Baseball scores? We got them. Prodigy connects your computer to news, shopping, sports, and even an encyclopedia. Alright. Prodigy. It's great service. You gotta get this thing. Prodigy. Packed with many popular computers for and stores everywhere. Back in the mid-90s, I came back from a deployment with some money in my pocket and a hankering to spend it foolishly. Some things never change. So I got in my car and I drove into Sacramento down to the old Circuit City. And there I plunked down around 2800 bucks for a Packard Bell 486DX2 with a whopping 160 megabyte hard drive, a four whole megabytes of memory, and a screaming fast 28.8 kilobyte per second modem. It was fucking amazing. I mean, compared to the Zenith 100 I used at work, this was fucking light years ahead. And after playing Doom 2 for about a month and discovering that even if my computer was amazing, I still sucked at video games and really no matter what I thought about getting some writing done, it was pretty clear after another couple of weeks that, uh... The fool and his money are soon parted. And I was the fool. All the box did was kind of sit there and taunt me because there wasn't anything to do with it. One day, while clicking around on the desktop icons, I launched something called Prodigy Online. That is when shit got interesting. Now, for those of you who don't know, which I assume is most of you, Prodigy was an online service from IBM and the tech giant Sears. We bring good things to life. 
CompuServe was older by several years in America Online, really hadn't invaded the PC market yet, so Prodigy was the gateway for a lot of non-tech-savvy Americans. Built in the classic walled garden approach, Prodigy only allowed you to access the content they chose. You couldn't get out onto the web itself, which was fine because most of us didn't even know there was a web to get out to. It was basically a global BBS with a chat program, and the chat program was where I gravitated instantly. There was hundreds of topic-centered rooms around all kinds of interests, and somehow I landed in a group focused on the works of the fantasy author David Eddings. It had started out as a kind of online role-playing spot with people pretending to be characters from the books, but it had evolved into just a general cat chat for the kind of people who like David Eddings. My diagnosis is that you're a huge nerd. Oh, God, yes, we were. Now, a lot of things happened during my time on Prodigy. I met people from around the country, made new friends. Hell, I even fell in love with a woman. A woman with a mustache? Hush, Gavin, Monique was a beautiful woman. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. The best part about Prodigy was the community of people. No one knew what the hell we were doing, so we all just figured it out together. Sure, back then there were trolls and clicks, but... For the most part, it was all good fun that lasted for about a year and a half before Prodigy went bankrupt because no one knew what the fuck it was, and we all moved to America Online for a while. AOL was much bigger by this time, and because it was so much bigger, it attracted more assholes, more stupidity, and more the kind of behavior we associate today with the worst part of the internet. Our Prodigy group eventually fractured and wandered off into the wilds of the internet, never to be heard from again. I mean, keep in mind, this was back in the day where your email changed whenever you changed their service provider, so it was kind of easy to lose touch. It was a dark time. The one thing about all of those early days was this. It was a fantasy and everyone knew it. We were pretending, playing a role, and our offline lives were a mystery to all the people except a few that you were close to. I mean, I only met a few people IRL, as we would say, including Monique. Sure you did. No, I did. I met her and her family and everything, and they uh, they didn't like the fact that a white boy was dating Monique, but that isn't the story I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about how back in the early days of the internet, you never believed in anything you read there. You just assumed it was bullshit. Reality was what happened offline. And the reason I'm jumping off from there is that I just came back from visiting my boomer parents. It was a delightful trip, all things considered, and we had a good time, but during the trip, I finally figured out what makes them so... Uh, so, uh, so boomerish. Retirement, old age. Well, yes, but also, they're always on their phones. I mean, you think the teens are always on their phones, but my folks would sit around and scroll fucking Facebook for hours, day after day, over the four days I was there. And I finally understand what turned my always conservative but otherwise rational parents into a pair of Trump evangelical shit-posting memers sharing MAGA Americans. Fucking Facebook. Zuckerberg's fucked me again. And I realized that in the 2010s, the old standard of what happened online being fantasy and the offline being reality inverted, and the entire fucking country has gone nuts. I mean, we were already nuts, but we were nuts in our own quiet, individual ways. I mean, we couldn't stand up in the mall and give a TED talk about what we really thought about the Jews. Someone would call the cops. But on Facebook, we could not only give a TED talk about the Zionist conspiracy, but find people who agree with you and share crudely photoshopped images to back up your insanity. And if you give a racist an audience, they are no longer the uncle you stay away from through the holidays. They become something bigger, something more dangerous, something truly un and utterly untethered from conventional social norms. Face it, before Facebook, 
We all knew our families were shit and thought some fucked up things every day, but we didn't have it shoved in our face all the goddamn time. Dude, fuck Facebook, seriously. And this isn't a Facebook rant. I've done those before. It's a genuine query into what the fuck happened to reality over the past decade. In the past 10 years, I've watched simple, objective reality agreed upon by almost everyone with two brain cells to rub together become thin, sort of stretched like butter scraped over too much bread. You know, things like the planet's a globe, a fact established in science for thousands of years now is up for any kind of debate as proof positive that something is fucked up. To be sure, there were flat earths in 2009, but they were ashamed to be known as such. Now they wear a fucking t-shirt mocking people who think the earth is a globe. That is this decade in a nutshell. From a 2018 Guardian article, quote, For decades now, objectivity, or even the idea that people can aspire towards ascertaining the best available truth, has been falling out of favor. Daniel Patrick Monahan's well-known observation that everyone is entitled to his own opinion but not to his own facts is more timely than ever. Polarization has grown so extreme that voters have a hard time even agreeing on the same facts. This has been exponentially accelerated by social media, which connects users with like-minded members and supplies them with customized news feeds that reinforce their preconceptions, allowing them to live forever in narrow narrow silos. In his 2007 book, The Cult of the Amateur, the Silicon Valley entrepreneur Andrew Keene warned that the internet not only had democratized information beyond people's wildest imaginings, but was also replacing genuine knowledge with the wisdom of the crowd, dangerously blurring the lines between fact and opinion, informed argument, and blustering speculation. The decade, a decade later, the scholar Tom Nichols wrote in The Death of Expertise that a willful hostility towards established knowledge had emerged on both the right and the left, with people aggressively arguing that every opinion on any matter is as good as every other. Ignorance was now fashionable. <laughs> Suck it, And look, humanity has always been stupid, ignorant, xenophobic bigots, afraid of the people in the next valley because they might get the yak you hope to kill and feed the clan with tonight. And the simple solution we've used for most of our evolution was... I think we should kill them. I think we have to. But then we started forming societies where we lived with the people from the next valley in towns. And together we had more food because we farmed collectively. To help this happen, we created rules for living together and called it religion. And from time to time, we would have to go kill the people in the nearby towns because their gods were different from our gods. But mostly, things were good. Then, religion went mainstream and more and more people started believing in the same gods and our towns banded together to form countries. So we would go kill people in different countries because they had a different king than we did. But then, the Enlightenment came along and we started to question a lot of things. Gods, kings, and whether killing other people was a good way to change their minds. No, it is not. We developed science, reason, then technology, and while we still killed one another in extraordinary numbers, it wasn't because of something we believed, it's because they had something we wanted, usually money. But then for some reason we went back to killing each other because the other side believed differently than we did. We started killing for ideology again, capitalism versus communism. Now, uh, if you look at that too, that's mostly about money. But still... That was on a national scale. On the small scale, we now all pretty much agreed that certain things are are just true. And because we agreed on these truths, we did some pretty amazing things. We found a way to light and heat our homes without the risk of burning it down every night. We built ways to cross vast distances quickly, allowing us to find that the other people on the other side of the world or the, or the continent 
even the world, had things we wanted that we could just buy from them rather than killing them and taking it. We eradicated disease and extended our lifespans by decades. We went to space and in doing so created technologies where we communicate instantly with any point on the planet. Then we wired it together and used it to share porn and sell shit to each other. It was the pinnacle of human ambition, finding ways to fuck and make money all in one medium. And over the past 10 years, we've taken that medium and slowly started to disassemble the product of the previous 5,000 fucking years. Yes, humans are very peculiar. How did that happen? Oh, it's simple. Because of the internet, we can pick and choose our version of the truth. Again, the humans have been doing this since not long after we discovered wiping our asses with a leaf after we shit made our butts not itch. Jesus Christ, Dave. Sorry, I like descriptive examples. I mean, what I mean is religion is nothing but people and choosing their version of the truth and sticking with it. Now the internet has allowed us to turn everything into our religion and given us space to get up and evangelize about our own personal pet Jesus on everything from regular religion to science and definitely politics. And that shit used to be something we didn't really talk about. The social convention was to keep it to yourself unless someone asked, particularly amongst us white folks. White people do not like to talk about their political affiliations. It's a secret. You ever ask a white guy who's voting for you? Hey, Bob, uh, Bob, who are you going to vote for? Dave, Dave, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, take it easy now. Take it easy. So anyway, um, I was fucking my wife in her ass, right? And, and I mean, it was something else. Yeah, 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 but, but, but who are you voting for? Dave! Dave, come on with the voting. I'm trying to talk about fucking my wife here. Ask me all these personal questions. Thanks to the internet, everyone wants you to know who and why they are voting. And their reasons for voting are rarely what one would call well thought out. Now, everyone has an opinion and they want you to know what it is. Yes, I acknowledge the irony of me having a podcast and saying that. But I'm also going to say, that's a fucking problem. Back in the 1990s when we were building this thing, one of the things we heard a lot about was how the internet was going to give a voice to everyone. Online, the common man could speak as loudly as the so-called expert. No longer would the gatekeepers block the rest of us from speaking our minds on the issues of the day. Information would flow freely and speech would be unchecked. The internet promised us freedom. Here are some uh, predictions that James Fallows made back in 2002. Quote, the truth will make people free. Fallows writes elections will become more about the issues as voters can easily investigate each candidate's position. And the government will become more honest as the role of money in politics is exposed. <laughs> People in different cultures will become more tolerant as they build electronic contact across traditional borders and virtual friends and associates will replace families and communities. And in the future, we will perfectly personalize our online space, unquote. By any plausible measure, the Internet of the past decade has failed miserably, living up to the hopes it started out with. And there's one simple reason that no one took into account when they created the internet. Think of how stupid the average person is and then realize half of them are stupider than that. <laughs> the 2010s has given us a world dominated by the bottom 50%. Actually, the bottom 25% because they scream the loudest. The fundamental failure of the internet is that it allows the dumbest amongst us to shout over the rest of us because the rest of us are busy doing shit. 
Only the stupidest among us has time to spend consuming and regurgitating the kind of bullshit that dominates our society today. We've allowed the idiots to run the internet, and because the world now runs on the idiot, the idiots are running the fucking world. What? We should have seen it happening. I mean, come on. Television has long been the dumbest fucking thing in the land, but the idiots consume television. On the internet, they create, and what they create is more stupid. They mine idiocy like it's coal and burn it to produce the thick brown layer of dumb that blankets this country. In the early days, you needed to know something to get online and create a space to spew your stupid. These days, you just need a fucking phone and you create hours of utter shit that some other stupider person will consume and believe in because you are their kind of moron. The 2010s made it easier for idiots to find other idiots and made us all stupid through their idiocy. They took truth, reality, facts, and common sense and made them negotiable. They made them individualized and they made them irrelevant. Silicon Valley figured out early on that there was good money and stupid, so they made a system so easy even a dipshit could do it, and the dipshits did it by the thousands. Conspiracy theorists, anti-vaxxers, flat earthers, holocaust deniers, Kim trailers, climate change hoaxers, gamer gators, the alt-rights, Alex Jones, and Donald fucking Trump all exist because they are stupid and they are good for business. The promise of the internet was never about freedom. It was about profit, and profit always seeks the easiest path, and stupid is the easiest path. Also, while stupid people don't have a lot of money, there's an awful lot of them, so you could take pennies from millions and make a lot of money very easily. Who cares if it destroys the world, right? You got yours. I mean, look how fucking great that worked for the oil companies. And we are all stupid because of it. All of us. We are all dumber than we were 10 years ago. Think about it. What objectively stupid thing do you even kind of believe now that 10 years ago you would have known as utter bullshit? We've all got one. I mean, I kind of believe that the government has UFO technologies. 10 years ago, I knew that was bullshit. There was zero evidence, and the proof that we did have all pointed the obvious answer that we did not. Now, I'm one of those people that kind of thinks, well, maybe I've become objectively stupider because of all the stupid around me. And if I'd known that, when I fucking bought that Packard Bell back in the 90s, I would have spent that money on something truly useful, a fucking motorcycle. Because while, yes, it might have gotten me killed, it definitely would have gotten me laid more than the computer ever did. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That is it for our show this week. I didn't think I was going to do another show this year, but uh, it's been bugging me for a couple of days, and I wanted to get it out. For the record, my parents are not idiots. They don't even have a YouTube channel, which you have to be if you're an idiot. Jesus, YouTube is just Facebook for fucking millennials and Gen Zers. Same stupid, different medium. Podcast? Those are for smart people. That's where smart people come to get their thinking done for them. And I'd like to thank you for letting me think for you this past year. Indeed, this past half decade. I hope that I've put only good thoughts in your head, except for that part where I talk about wiping your ass after taking a dump. I can see that well, that might make you feel just a little dumber. Speaking of making others a little dumber, rate and review the show wherever you get your pods so uh, I can think for other, even more people. 
Donate a buck or two at our Patreon, patreon.com slash what the hell were you thinking. Follow the show on Twitter, the hell underscore podcast. Or check out what the hell podcast.com for some cool content, easy for sharing. So for me, Dave, prodigy chat named Calf Bledsoe, producer AOL screen named Goth Bitch 974487Gavin, and all the fictional compu servers on this show, we want to say, hey. welcome to the land of the moron. We hope you hate it here as much as we do. And we'll see you all next year. Girl gets a legless boy, gets lucky. Girl gets pregnant. What did you expect would happen? Tabloid tits and tabloid bums. Tabloid lads and teenage bums. Tabloid football heroes. And their girlfriends who could shop for in the land. Welcome to the land of the moron. Welcome to the land of the Condom, Billy Shakespeare, who the hell's he? Did he play for Spurs or Chelsea? Charlie Dickens, phone a friend. Oh, he's the bassist in Oasis. Mr. Kipling, he makes tea cakes. Jeffrey Archer, proper culture. Proper English, what we speak. What do you mean St. George was a Greek? Welcome to the land of the moron. Welcome to the land. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.